0: All right, well welcome everyone to the session called The Sound of Literacy, which I had hoped my wife would be able to share, but she's actually earning money uh, today for our family uh, doing a different workshop. And so I I ended up coming up to Manhattan by myself and um, I'm able to access her generously shared slides and, and tell some of this story. Um, I have been doing audio podcasting with students and using audio recordings to have students develop their fluency skills, share things that they're learning, tell parents and others about what's happening in our classrooms since 2005. So I've been doing this about 12 years, and I there's all kinds of just really cool things, right, we can do with iPads and Chromebooks. But audio just has a power and a texture and a simplicity that I think makes it very compelling. And I think that sometimes we're quick to jump to video and fancy and bells and whistles when we can get some very compelling stuff from students using audio. And we can also provide things to students, right? Audio feedback. So, as probably all your presenters today have done, I've got a set of slides, I have some ideas about what I'd like to share and talk about, but I'm actually also very interested in what you have as burning questions, because there's probably a reason why you came to this session, you've probably got some things that you're thinking about. Um, I laugh because having taught university classes at different universities through the years, you know... Uh, you might have had this experience where the syllabus is passed out the first day and, and they say, what is it that you want to learn? Well, that's really nice. Here's what we're going to talk about. So anyway, we do not have to follow the slides and necessarily go through all that. But I'm going to give you a little bit of time with your neighbor to talk about burning questions and really kind of why you came to this session. What are the, the things that you want to uh, to know? In Google Chrome, I just... Put in the Omnibar. The Omnibar is that top bar where you put in the web address. I simply clicked timer, and I am going to uh, give us a minute and 30 seconds to do this. So I will click uh, full screen and start this and give you a, a minute and 30 seconds. Who can repeat for me your assignment for the next 30 seconds or 90 seconds? Burning questions. Burning questions. Right. Reasons you came. Okay. Things that you want to get out of the session. All right, go. Talk at your table, please. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: yeah. 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 Was like. i <inaudible>? I just said the hills are audio, Yeah,
0: I just like that. They do. I to uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I um, the uh, was going <laughs> All right. Um, while we go around and talk, and I have have you share from your tables what you all have talked about, um, I want to let you know you can access the slides from the presentation by going to um, the shortened link. Oh shoot, I messed it up. Um, the shortened link wfryer.me, but instead of kv 2017, which is what I used this morning, you will put Kv8 audio, okay? So, oh, sorry. Still messed it up. Bitly, how many of you use shortened web links? It can be dangerous to use with students, why? Have you ever had a misfire with one? So like if you use bitly or goo.gl, if you get one letter off, Right? One thing capitalized or not, it can go to another link that somebody else has done. Generally, I use the QR code as the way for students to get to the resources. That's a pretty surefire way that if they scan it, it, it takes their device to that link. Or we use Seesaw or Google Classroom or another, you know, tool like that. But you can go to that short link, wfriar.me slash kvate audio, and you should be able to pull up these slides. So, just going to number our tables, one, two. We'll consider this the unified table three, table four, and table five. So table one, what was something you all talked about as a burning question? We'll just kind of go around and do this quickly. Um, one thing that I mentioned was that uh, it's interesting to, well, it's important for students to listen to fluent reading, and so that's mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I came was to maybe use this for them to hear Right, so you might not just be having them record; you might be recording yourself, or having older students or other people, or examples that they have, like they could their classmates, examples of fluency that you want them to be listening to. Does anybody teach foreign language here? I mean, that's a big deal, right? I mean, you don't want if you're learning Spanish, you don't want to just hear beginning Spanish teach, you know, students speaking Spanish. You want to hear a fluent language speaker speaking. So, importance of listening to fluent. Examples. Okay, anything else that was a, a burning question or an issue, reason for, for coming? Okay, table two. What was something you all talked about?
1: Um, well, as an English teacher, I think that speaking and listening components of that class are kind of overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking for new ways to bring that into
0: the classroom. Excellent. Yeah. speaking and listening um, are vital. And sometimes we overemphasize the text frankly right how many years have we had the printing press like it was the 1400s right i mean print media has dominated education higher ed and and moved down for centuries literally and even though you and i probably and we're different ages there were like tape recorders and cassette recorders around you know and there's ways of recording really now is the time when it's becoming much more much uh easier got to use that word carefully it can be more seamless to have all of you record something at your desk record something out in the hall go to the the sound booth recording center that we have whatever and be able to get that to me okay i didn't have teachers use cassette recordings much i don't know maybe i had one oral history project in high school at manhattan high where we might have recorded part of what Happen there, but pretty much we didn't do that, and it's just and it's just vital, okay. Especially slowing down and the listening part, right? You know, this gets driven home to me with student lessons where I have them watch a video and ask them a question. What? What? Wait a minute! You just watched that video. That doesn't mean you know the the contents of that went in their ears and stuck in their brain. You know, a lot of times it just went through without stopping. <laughs> so. Table three, what was something you all talked about Come combined? We were talking about different ways of, you know, with all of us, the different subjects
1: we teach and everything, and different ways to get kids to read to you, and different ways that we can use literacy to help children learn.
0: Okay, so getting kids to read. um, I'm going to put to an audience, okay? Because, actually, we tend to think about this as they've got to read to us. Right and that 's great, but I only have twenty four hours in a day, and I'm not given twenty four hours to teaching i 'm going to sleep i 'm going to be with my family i 'm going to do other things so when we think about not only ways kids can read to us but ways they can read to a broader audience, potentially classmates, potentially parents, potentially others that may volunteer, that may be assistants, you know that what it does is it just broadens. It explodes the classroom, right? We have, 50, you know, sixty-five minutes, sixty minutes together right now in this session. But when I use media, and there's and and uh, there's a Do you know what synchronous versus asynchronous is? as, far as reading. Yeah. What do, what do those terms mean? Or what what are we right now in this learning environment? Are we synchronous or asynchronous? Synchronous. We are same time, we are same place. Okay? It's happening right now. All right? That's pretty much most of the learning that we have been accustomed to doing is live, in person, same time, same place. Okay? Because we've got time and we have place. When you record with some of the tools that we're talking about today, you have a chance to shift No longer do you have to be sitting right here next to Catherine, listening to her read and giving your attention to her in class. You have a chance later in the day, the next day, at any other time, to listen to her and to give that your full attention and then potentially to give her feedback. You not only can shift the time, you can shift the place. And so that's why I say giving kids, I should have said a chance, (laughs) giving kids a chance to read to an audience and then to get feedback too, right? Because one of the reasons these tools are so powerful is that every idea can get better with feedback. Every skill can get better with feedback. Any of you play golf? Anybody have a loved one watching the, the open yesterday? My dad was like glued to it. Okay. Like he's, I've golfed with him and golf's tough, right? And you can't work on too many things at once when you're working on your golf swing. Um, feedback. You want to have somebody who is better than you, right, with more experience giving you feedback. So this is really, really powerful. And I love that idea that, you know, I want... Ways that my kids are going to be able to read to me. And I want to challenge you to think about expanding that beyond you. Because if your students can be enlisted as peer editors and peer listeners, we're going to talk about what's appropriate and courteous. And we're going to be having a learning culture in our classroom that's supportive. We're not going to be putting each other down. We're not going to be, you know, focusing just on the negative and what you got wrong. There's a lot of conversations to have when students are going to be listening to each other and seeing each other's work. But that can really be powerful because I don't have time, frankly, to give all of you the attention I want to give. I would love to give every one of you. And I don't, how big are your classes this year? Do you know what they'll be or what were they last year? Are you all, maybe you're blessed with small class sizes. Are you guys? Okay. Oh, my gosh, you know, does it make a big difference when you have 20 versus 15? My first year of teaching fourth grade, we had 15. Oh, my gosh, that was a dream, you know. And you have different kids come in, and that changes the whole mix, too. But, I mean, this is powerful, very powerful, when you've got that chance to provide that feedback. The other thing which you're going to see here is that using audio for literacy can let you hold up an example of a student who's done something and just celebrate it wow, look at what Catherine, you know, has done. And this can be with permission and everything, so she's not going to be embarrassed. But, I mean, what do people say about public speaking in fear? What's what's the commonly said thing? People fear public speaking, what, big time? I don't know, more than death? More than death? I mean, you know, fill in the blank. It's a big fear, right? And so is it important for kids to learn to speak in public and to speak in other groups? Of course it is. But should that be the only way we learn to effectively communicate, you know, and and develop our fluency? Absolutely not. You know, I can show you some examples and we'll see some where you have no idea how many times the child recorded in order to get that recording. And the one that we're gonna hear was their best take or the one that they, you know, got the most comfortable with. Isn't that wonderful to let them put their foot, their best foot forward? And so being able to celebrate that with the class and elevate, because sometimes you'll have stuff you're like, oh, my gosh, you know, and the kids might be that way, too. Oh, my gosh, I had no idea Catherine, you know, had that idea or or could express it that way. I, I love that. Media can become a really powerful tool in your classroom for elevating expectation and showing kids what's possible. Okay, and that's why saving links and having things shared can be great because it can make a difference. If we're in class together all year, you know, it's going to make a difference when you hear something that Catherine did versus some Joe Schmo that we don't even know in another place. So anyway, good stuff. Table four. What was something you all talked about? Uh, so we using the okay, define engage for me. What does that mean for you in that context? I mean, uh huh. Um,
1: and how she had a student who um, wasn't really into anything until he put a piece of technology in front of And all of a sudden, he was all about you know being a part of it, whatever
0: they were discussing or planning or creating. So. Okay. Screens are powerful. Okay? I don't know if you've wrestled with this if with your own show, if you have children, how much screen time. <laughs> uh, we have this app uh, website. It's called uh, MyTh. And I I, I <laughs> thought about mentioning in the keynote it's called Circle with Disney. It costs $100 on Amazon. And uh, I pu- you plug it into your network at home, and you then identify each device that your kids use, and then it gives you feedback on exactly how much screen time that they've had. And so let me connect my phone here. My daughters will not know I have shared this live with you. So here's, here's the app. And then you can. It costs a hundred bucks. And then if you pay five dollars a month, you can have up to ten devices where it works on LTE and when they're on 4G. Um, The reason I'm saying this is because you know this is a two-edged sword. Media is powerful, and you can hook some kids that were disengaged before. And oh my gosh, you've got technology now, and I'm engaged. But at the same time, um, how are we using our devices? So, do you want to see the 13-year-old or the (laughs) 17-year-old? Who do you want? 13. 13, okay, so we're going to see Rachel, okay, so today Rachel has been online one hour, let's go back to yesterday, okay, she was online 10 hours yesterday, now we're out of school, okay, but she was on YouTube, okay, and if I would want to, and we haven't had these conversations yet, I can set time limits, I can say that's not allowed, she was on Snapchat three hours, Okay, I can also go here to web history, and I can see all the websites that she visited at those times. I can also see if she was filtered and what the links were, That and some of this is like Minecraft um, uh, texture packs, and there's, anyway, there's different things that she's on. All right, so that was Rachel. Let's go back to Sarah. Okay, today Sarah's been online 45 minutes. He probably just got up. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, she's at a camp, so yeah. All right, so here's here's yesterday. She was online five hours. Um, she was on Snapchat two hours and fifteen minutes. Anyway, oh my gosh! Like, as a parent, this is this is. Do you check that a lot?
1: Like,
0: do you? Well, like I just set this up last week on Wednesday, so it is something that has caused a lot of angst on their part. Like, yeah. Dad. You know, all I did so far was I just said, you have a bedtime, and that's when your Internet stops working. But, you know, like other kinds of technology limits, there's a whole lot of things that we could do here. I don't have any apps blocked yet, and I, I haven't set any screen time limits and whatever. How do you know that it's not just running in the background on my phone? Or something like that? Right. She asked about that. That doesn't just mean it's running. Um, I guess it meant it uh, looks at activity. Um, you can go into web history and see, you know, which sites that they were actively visiting at those times. So um, Yeah, it's supposed to be activity and not just that it Good was news, on. because
1: it's running in the background and eating up their batteries, so it's gonna be yeah,
0: less time for that. <laughs> maybe. I don't know, they're plugged in. So um, anyway, there's a whole lot of sides to, to talk about that. But technology is powerful and I don't think we grasp the power of technology in the screen. At my school There are a lot of um, teachers as well as parents that are really negative on technology, like really down on it. In fact, we don't have any technology use right now for pre-K, K K at all. And I would love for there to be some recording of, hey, you built a sandcastle. Tell me about that. Hey, you drew a picture. Explain that to me. What, you know, talk to me, developing the literacy. But a lot of what parents see are addicted kids on the screen all the time. So that's, again, where in school we can shift and we can be creating and not just consuming. Um, but I I like how you use the word engage. I'll just mention, as an aside, do you know what the root of enthrall is? I was trying to enthrall you this morning during my keynote. Okay. If you want to, do this on your device. Look up thrall. Root of enthrall. Let's see who can get the answer. See, see what you can, see what you can find. Use your, use your technology. Thrall. T-H-R-A-L-L.
1: You're under control.
0: Under control? Okay. Held hostage. Held hostage? What else?
2: Slavery. Bondage and slavery.
0: There you go. I think the root of it is thrall meaning to enslave. That's what thrall means. A thrall was a slave. So um, there are times when I do want to, you know, completely capture your attention and, you know, um, root of thrall Oh, and it said root, like R-O-U-T. No, Siri, it's R-O-O-T. I think the actual background of the word is like etymology or something. Isn't that right? So there's vocabulary.com, thrall. That's exactly what I pulled
1: up. That's what
0: you pulled up? There you go. (laughs) You can be a thrall to anything that holds you captive or controls your thoughts or actions, like an addiction, a disease, or a cult leader. Old this word from thrall comes from slave or servant. All right, I like how you use the word engage, because sometimes when teachers say engage, they mean everybody on the same page, everybody following me, or everyone quiet listening, you know, to what I say and doing what I do. And there are times for direct instruction, but engagement is really important, and I do agree. Engagement means participating. Engagement means active. Engagement means you are involved in doing the work. If I'm doing all the work at the front, who's doing all the learning? I am, and I don't want that. I want you all to be doing it, too. All right, table five. What was something you all said?
1: Um, we to, like, it was a long time uh, ago. Yeah. <laughs> 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 even, like, it kind of goes with some other stuff that you guys really Um Accountability is something else we talked about, like being able, like, during our graduating time, have um, you're listening to
0: one student, but then having other students reading on their own. Okay. So uh, encouraging independent work. So kids being able to be independent, accountable to what they need to do, responsible. Yay. OK. I think maybe I can't spell and talk at the same time. I think that audio can work really well as a tool for centers, for students being able to um, to, to work independently. I think it's great for us to think about, no matter what age you're teaching, you know how can I break things down so that students can progress at a different rate and a different speed, and so you can be using audio to give those instructions, to give feedback. Students can be using that as a way of demonstrating what they what they know. Um, what is your name that just mentioned Recap? Wendy. Wendy mentioned, and I'm excited to check this out. Has anybody else used Recap? Wendy, you want to tell us just real quick what you learned about Recap in the last session?
1: Uh, sure. I was uh, in a session about alternative assessments, and she talked about recap, where you can pose a question to your students. Um, one thing I didn't mention um, to him was that they can assess themselves if they have it, and kind of have it, or don't have it, that nobody else sees it with them, or any of the teachers. But um, they can reply by audio. So her example was, what is an odd number? So the student that responds, you know, what they think an odd number is, and then you can assess informally real quickly whether they have it or not and you can limit the amount of time they have to reply. so i think it was 15 seconds up to two minutes
0: cool let's watch their video really quick because this is right along the lines of what we're talking about today we'll see how our video buffer
1: ACAP helps you lead learning to get questions Brings them to a queue where you can dialogue privately
2: or with the whole class. When a great question
1: arises, it might curiosity and response for the journey. Students follow the journey path like a playlist, then respond with follow-up questions dialogue worthy the question arises from the students or teacher you can have the whole class respond on video and make sure every student voice is heard in class
0: this is the right one right same one
1: she had it set up a little different because she teaches primary so she would pose a question to them they can ask select a question and then they can either type which would take forever at that age or um do an audio response. So that gives the kids who prefer to type in a, in all, in a way to do it or if they want to do it via video they can to too. Okay. And then she could go home at night and say, okay, this kid
0: has it or this kid has it. One of the things I've found though is it's nice to set limits. I think you said it can, you get 30 seconds or a minute or whatever. Is it, have any of you done audio assignments for students? Cause it is true that some of the best things come late. So there is value in not having the time limit, but it can also just become kind of unwieldy when you have such long recordings and you can't scan them like you can scan text, you know. So anyway. All right. Well my wife has taught the last four years at Positive Tomorrow's and one of the things when she went back in the classroom, she started life as a first grade, second grade teacher and taught in Germany um, and has been in education for Overall, 20 years, she she took time off to stay at home with our kids and then um, was a nursery coordinator at our church. when We lived in Lubbock, Texas. And then when we moved to Oklahoma, she did that as well. When she went back in the classroom in 2013, she wanted to teach with technology, all right? And her school got iPads for everyone. They went iPad one-to-one. One. And so... Uh, one of the important things that I helped her learn to do and she did every year were radio shows and using audio not only as a whole class activity but also as a way using Seesaw for students to be able to record their voices and, and to get feedback as well. So The outline for these slides is to talk a little bit about why, and I am too, passionate about podcasting, and she is as well, We're going to listen to one of her radio shows and then talk a little bit about the story of how they've used it, um, how they plan, create, and share, because they've done this as a whole class activity. They do a morning meeting. They do a closing meeting, and not every day, not all the time, but usually about once a week, they would record um, an audio radio show, an audio podcast. And hopefully we're going to have fun because that that is a good thing to do. Um, so, how many of you have recorded a radio show or a podcast before with kids? Has anybody done one before? Okay. Do you have anybody at your school doing one? No. All right. I would love, love, love it if even one of you gives this a try. Right? Because depending upon age, there is just you,
1: I mean, what do you define as a podcast? Like we're doing it on.
0: Yeah, so so uh, as a podcast, I would say it's publicly shared so that other people can listen and then subscribe to it. Do any of you listen to podcasts, by the way? Okay, I'll mention my favorite podcatcher. Um, I don't really like the Apple app that much. Um, I use one called Pocket Casts, um, but it's a great way to learn um, all kinds of things, Um and so, right when I'm when I'm saying podcast radio show, I'm talking about something that you publish periodically in different episodes, and it's publicly out there. Um, so I think one of the reasons why she did has done her podcast, and this is uh, well, I think I'll show you a closer up of this. This is the script for the day's show, and she would have a student who would be the one who introduces. Hi, today is July the what's today twenty. 20- Fourth, twenty fourth, two thousand seventeen. We're gonna and we'll make one. We're gonna make one here together in, in a little bit, um, and then the script of who they are, and then what's our question of the week. You know, so this is a script that really helps a lot. Today, uh, in my earlier session, you know, I'm I'm doing some stuff just off the cuff. Usually, kids aren't gonna do a one take, and it's just done right. But they are practicing this, and sometimes they would practice before they would record as well. they'd go around and talk about you know what are you thankful for, or what did you learn on our field trip to um, to the science museum or whatever whatever they have done. One of the reasons they 're doing this too is to tell their story to communicate out with parents, but in their case it 's also the community they 're in a different different boat at their school they 're raising funds. When No Child Left Behind came along, you couldn't segregate homeless kids away from everyone else, and so they had to make their school private, and they were part of Oklahoma City Public before that. So anyway, it's a non and if you ever work with nonprofits, that that's a different ball game because you're always thinking about donors and, and people, but I think we need to tell our story in school too. Um, are bond packages pretty easy to pass in your community, or are they hard, or, you know, People have different perceptions about school. A lot of people, I go back to my church and my men's group, a lot of those guys think they know what's going on in school day, right? Because they were in school and that's what they did. And you know, it's like, we're doing a lot of innovative stuff and we need to communicate that out and share that. So I think publishing things out of our classrooms, out of our school, telling our story, not only can it develop the literacy skills, and that's probably the number one reason, right? Helping these kids develop their fluency, develop their literacy, it also can build classroom community, and that's something my wife is very passionate about. And it also allows us to communicate with a, with a wider audience, okay? So here is your app to download. And if you want to download this now, go for it. Um, just if you've got an iPhone, if you've got an iPad, the app is called Opinion. And there are a variety of different apps that you can use for making audio podcasts. This is the one I'm going to model and demonstrate podcasting can take a lot of time oh my gosh you know in 2005 when I started doing this and and well, even now if you want to good,
1: so you're like, oh, it, it can yeah well
0: that's getting yeah that is that's a huge thing getting over listening to yourself right we think we know how we sound but you know it it's a very effective way to become a better presenter and to become more fluent Uh, A a, a guy, older man in my men's group actually used to work for IBM. He said that's how they improved their presentation skills. They would present for each other, but they had a camera in the room, and they recorded themselves, and they were required to watch themselves present. And there's just a lot of things that you'll pick up on on what you do. You may not even realize, but you don't have to use video. You can use audio for that. So having used a lot of different apps, there's a lot of different um, tools and choices. I will jump out of the presentation to tell you, that the website I mentioned this morning in the keynote, Show with Media. Okay? The third prod product here is Radio Show, which I use synonymously with podcast. And uh, there's a lot of resources here for making podcasts, the workflow, different tools, apps, tutorials, and then examples, microphones, there's all this kind of stuff. Um, at its basic level, I don't know if Shelly has this in her slide or not. Um, this is like the recipe sheet for a radio show. Alright? In advance of class, you're going to open opinion, you're going to download and open it, and you're going to create an account and a channel. And you'll decide what your podcast is. It's going to be, you know, room108 dot, what, and then their website, opinion such and such. It'll be a public link. Select a student who's going to record an introduction. You're going to record it with the opinion app. And then you could either flip it into Seesaw, you also can email it to parents, you can share it on Facebook, on Twitter, um, other places. And then you can also have a little bumper if you want to, an audio bumper. So what I need to do very quickly is play for you an example so you can see what I'm talking about, and then we'll talk about the mechanics of it. So we're going to listen to the radio show that Shelley made with her kids on September 29th, 2016, okay? What was the most important thing you learned today? And here's what I like to do. This is a good thing whenever you have students, you know, watching media, listening to media, consuming it. Give a question in advance, and also limit the how much we're going to do. Um, the question I want you to be thinking about, and I'm going to let you talk talk at your table about, is think about ingredients. Okay, let's just do that. How many like to cook? Anybody love to cook? Anybody great cook? Okay. Oh my gosh, the tomatoes my parents got from the farmers market were just like. Over the top. You just can't get any better tomatoes. So how do you cook well? Well, there's a lot of things, but you need to start with good ingredients. So ingredients. What do you think are the ingredients for this radio show, the podcast that we're about to listen to? And then I'm going to give you two minutes to talk at your table about the ingredients of it, okay? I'm going to click this link. It'll pop us out. We're going to the actual opinion website. So when you use opinion and you share it, puts it on a public link, all right, and Shelly chose room-108-Oklahoma-city, and then this is the link to this particular episode that we're going to listen to now, all right, so you are listening for ingredients, and here we go.
2: 2016, And this is Room 108 coming to you live from Oklahoma City. Our question for today is, what was the most important thing you learned today? My name is Abigail and the most important thing I learned today was French because it's good to know more than one language. Hi, my name is Krishan and the important thing that I learned today is French because you get to know the culture and the language. Hi, my name is Dominique, and the favorite thing I learned today about French is how to draw the Eiffel Tower. My name is John, and my favorite important thing today is French stuff because we get to learn language stuff. My name is Phoebe, and I like learning about coding because it's fun. Hi, my name is I. Uh, most thing I like about French is that you you can know what the Eiffel Tower looks like. Hi, uh, my name is Hunter. Thing, the important thing you did to today is French, cause cause I get to make the Eiffel Tower. Hi, my name is Brandon, and the most important thing about today is ballet, cause I'm starting to get ready for football, and uh, ballet is actually a good way to be uh, graceful. Hi, my name is Lisa, and. What today was a most important thing I learned today is dance, because, like, so I can practice my ballet that I'm ready for. My, hi, my name is Kathy, and my, the most important thing I learned today was coding, because it teaches you math, it teaches you um, to put the right blocks together, and it teaches you a lot of math. Hello, so my name is Serenity, and my... The most most important thing I did today was morning meeting, because we did greeting in it, and in greeting, we get to say good morning to everybody.
1: And My name is Mrs. Fryer, and the most important thing that I learned today was to trust my students to do the right thing. We had a um, camera crew in our classroom all morning, and we were working on coding. We were learning to code stories into PBS Scratch Junior, and I was a little nervous about um, having someone watch me teach, but my students did an outstanding job. Um, They worked really hard. They talked to each other and worked collaboratively. And so the most important thing that I learned about today is to trust
2: my students to do the right thing. (laughs) Thank
0: you for listening. Okay, two minutes. I want you to talk with your neighbor about ingredients. What were the ingredients for that radio show? Go. <laughs> Um, it's obviously like, the rest of the, so the Yes. Yeah. So, so we got it. I saw the circle. Mm-hmm. So, i
1: A how they come? Yeah. How <laughs> How <laughs> <laughs> What are you I wonder if you about it. I that it. the answer I before they can do we can that quickly. You know what I mean? Like, do yeah. you <laughs> I think don't well, Yeah, yeah. It's like really. yeah. Oh, that
0: That's two minutes now. I'm going to I'm going to do a quick, create a quick uh, document. I'm going to go to Google Drive. I'm going and this is optional. I'm going to write them up and we'll be old school and just kind of do it writing on the board. But I'm going to go ahead just to make a document for us to share notes. I'm going to create a Google Doc and um, I'm going to call it the Sound of Literacy, which is our session. I'm going to click up here at the top and it'll take that title and put it up here. And I'm going to go to my format and say that is a title. And I'm going to go here and say uh, Radio Show Ingredients. So that as we are talking about these things, and I'm writing some up on the board, um, whoever wants to can type these in. Now, how am I going to get this link to you so that you can type on it if you want to? Just do a Google
1: shortener, or um, I use something called the Show. I can't remember. I use it my. Like, it's just that because of the thing with the the Google the G O O dot because those are so
0: nobody knows what that word is, and I can't tell if that's a capital L or. If that's right, right. So it's, it's another shortener. A word. It's another shortener. Enough is it job. tiny tiny URL or something? No. i look it up. Look it's it up. Just, they just give you a real word. Two steps. This is private by default. right? A Google Doc is only mine until I choose to share it with somebody. So I have to click Share, and I'm going to make it um, a link that anybody can have. Now, I'm on my personal Google account. When I'm on my school account, um, I have to do another click, because it'll make it shareable within my school or domain first. And then I have to go to More in order to get the link. Um, do I want to do this? Say any anyone can view. Or do I want to change it? Well, no, yeah, I want to collaborate. So I'm going to say anyone with the link can edit. So now I've copied the link. Um, so this is the link to the document, right? But I have to have a way of getting it shorter. So I'm going to create a. Key. Oh, awesome. See, I, I always I knew I'm going to learn all kinds of things coming here. Uh, shout key. Really? Okay. So
1: type your URL in
0: there. Okay, so again, I'm going to copy my link, ShoutKey, I'm going to put it in, and then that's, oh, that says when it expires? Yeah, so... Whoa. You want survey, you don't want the survey. Oh, that's so cool. Okay, so I say Shout. So
1: everybody would go to ShoutKey.com
0: slash Awesome. All right, and I'm going to make that really big so that you all can see it. So if you want to type it in, I'm gonna make the text of this, see we all learned something new. I'm gonna make the text of this 36. Alright, so if you go right now in your web browser to shoutkey.com slash feeble. <laughs> Interesting. Did that work? Did you get to the yeah, page? Woohoo! That's awesome. Good job, know. Alright, and so we can see this come up with students. If I have iPad classroom, I'll have them scan a QR code probably. Okay, so let's just popcorn. I'm not going to call out table numbers. What were some of the ingredients we said? I'm going to write as fast as I can. And you all can um, type on the document. Can you type on it? Does it let you? Okay, so just feel free as we go. (laughs) Introduction. Okay, there was an intro. What else? Same format. Same format. Okay, a familiar. So we'll say same familiar format. This became part of the class routine you know which is really important to a lot of kids for her kids really critical first thing they want to know is when's our break when are we eating you know but i mean the structure of the day having the schedule but it was a similar familiar format that they were used to you know doing regularly okay what else rehearsal sounds like they had rehearsal yeah. rehearsal all right so depending on you know situations how early it is and practicing she encouraged them that they mess up, just keep going, you know, just correct yourself. One of the things I'll show you on opinion is you can edit out, and she would do that oftentimes, especially wait time, because sometimes kids wouldn't be right away coming up. That's okay. On the app, you can just go in and edit out those times. And so um, rehearsal can be important, especially for the person introducing, you know, so they're confident, so they have able to do that and pronounce all the words and get everything right. Um, But then they also, um, and and you wouldn't know this necessarily, but allowed for wait time. Um, But that goes into rehearsal as well, right? Giving the kids a chance. Turn, pair, and share, okay? We're going to tell our our show this today about the most important thing we learned today, okay? Take two minutes. I want you to talk to your neighbor. What do you think you might say? You heard some of the kids just kind of copy, right? They were the ones that whatever they said before them. But depending on time and our situation, rehearsal can be an important part of it, especially for the person doing our introduction, because we want that to be strong and, and clear and get all those words right. What else? I like the teacher involvement, so
1: it's
0: just
2: speak
0: students. Okay. Right. Right. And Shelly has used her radio show as an important way to build community and expectations, right? Reinforcing what she wants to see, right? Which is that I can trust my students. They had a film crew in there. They've had PBS people in there. They get all kinds of... The governor came to their room two years ago. I mean... So whatever is happening, reinforcing the expectations that we have and being able to do that in different ways, she's used that radio show as a way to do that and to celebrate you know, things that she's wanted to see and that she did see. What else? She's music. Yeah, yeah. And we'll call that a bumper, all right? So that was bumper music. You can use uh, bumper music at the beginning. You can use it at the end. You can use it between. In fact, just like... We talked about um, uh, the importance of listening to fluent examples. This is what Don said. Is it Don or Dan? Dan? Dan. Dan talked about the importance of listening to fluent examples. It can be important to listen to radio shows, and one of the things in the slides are some different examples of radio shows. I don't know if you listen to NPR. Um, I like to listen to public radio. Um, There's some great podcasts. Radio Lab is a podcast that does an amazing job of using ambient audio, and they really set the stage. I don't know how old you are if you've listened to radio a long time ago. I remember there was like this The Shadow Nose, this radio show and I was like, this would have been in the early 70s. Uh, you know, going to bed listen to the radio. Radio used to be a big deal, right? Like before television that was it. And if you were going to communicate, you had to use whatever tools that you had at your disposal to make audio come alive. So it can be great for kids to listen to good examples. Bumpers um, add audio interest. Oh, they kind of can set a frame. She used the same bumper each time. So it actually helped the kids be calm and kind of peaceful and get into the mode. But it can also really set, you know, a context. And uh, I've started to do this. There's a friend of mine in Australia who has a sound blog, and she records different sounds. So we were in the mountains. I recorded the sound of the stream that was bubbling by, you know. Um, There's all kinds of different sounds and things like that. And and so those can be called bumpers, and they can be used for different purposes. Some of it is to just set up that routine. You hear that music. You know that we're in the podcast. We're in the radio show. But depending upon what we're going to do, and if we want to get fancier, you can even bring in other audio and use other bumpers. And you'll hear professional podcasters use bumpers as transitions you know, in between episodes. Anything else as an ingredient? All right. Thank you, those of you that have typed in. And please feel free to continue typing in there any notes or questions that you uh, would like to pose. Um, So I kind of already told you the story a little bit of of how they got started using their podcast. It became something that they did generally on a weekly basis, but not always. Um, As I already mentioned as well a huge tool to build classroom culture. This is the Maker Studio, which was just an empty room in the church next to their school that they had access to, to use for uh, STEM and STEAM activities. But it became a way for students to be able to reflect on their learning. I'm a big fan of John Dewey, okay? And, And Dewey talks about experience being important, reflecting on experience. So getting kids to reflect On their and and us too, right? Like even even today, this whole week, I would challenge you to to make a reflection. Okay, is that what you have to do on the QR code when you scan that? Do you have to like write down something you learned? That's going to reinforce things that you've learned. Reflection is, and that's been important. Um, I mentioned listening to other podcasts. There's a podcast called Brains On that they uh, listened to, and she'd have the students listen to these, and they would respond. Here's an example of using Seesaw, and a, they'd listen to this podcast about the ISS, and this is 23 seconds. The student drew a picture and then reflected on it. My
2: name is Carter, and I do this because I was listening to brains on the International Space Station. It took me a while to draw, and... If I was in space, my most favorite thing would be to do was no gravity. What what would be your
0: favorite thing to do? I love how he ended that, because what did he end it with? A question, because he was sharing it inside Seesaw, inside their classroom, and so he was asking for participation. Which is really awesome. I mean that, that dynamic of having a place to share, it gets to this idea. Getting kids to read to an audience that's not just limited to you and the 24 hours a day, you know, that we each have to be able to provide feedback and listen to our students. Um, I mentioned classroom meetings. So how many of you have classroom meetings? Do you do classroom meetings? Classroom meetings can be great, can be a great way to connect. Um, One of the things that Shelly did the the last few years was good news, bad news. All right? It just leaves the door open. Good news, bad news. What are you going to share? You know, if we were going to do that together today, which we're not, um, I mean, we don't know each other very well. So like your comfort level of sharing and what you're going to disclose, it's just, it's going to depend upon a relationship that we build and just how comfortable. And, and I don't know, some people will just be, they're just going to share because that's just how they are. But anyway, that was a very good prompt for classroom meeting was just really quick, good news, bad news. They didn't podcast that. But that was something that they did, and she learned a lot of things. They learned about each other, too. There's all kinds of stuff going on in the lives of our students. Sharing and listening. You all mentioned this as one of your burning questions. Having students not only record themselves, but recording together as a class gives this opportunity for us to share and to listen and to build skills. So they integrate this into their daily learning, talking about character traits that they're doing for the week. They've interviewed visitors that have come to their classroom. They interviewed the governor, actually, when she came about what's challenging about being the governor. What do you like about being the governor? Um, and developing social skills, communicating in complete sentences. That's an important rule. Okay? Introducing yourself. I want you to say your first name, and that's part of the, the rules in terms of we're not giving away our last name, we're not giving our phone number. All of those things can be developed the oral fluency, the ability to organize ideas, and the ability to write, okay? Because later in the year, they did some recording about their passion projects, and so the kids were writing down a little bit of a script. This was when they were doing more preparation, okay? Elaboration. Who teaches writing? Anybody teach writing? We would all say, elaboration, elaboration. I mean, is that a big deal or what? Yes, you've told me, you know, that... The uh, flower has eight petals. You know, tell me more about that. How can you elaborate? And being able to do that orally, storyboarding. Like I said, this is the short script that they've used, and they just um, ran that on um, through the laminator so that they could use a, a vis-a-vis pen to mark it up and erase it every day. But being able to be organized, have a plan, we're going to introduce, we're going to say our question of the week, and then we're going to go around and record. And so now we're going to do one, okay? We're going to go ahead and record one. And um, what I would encourage you to do, as far as your radio show, if you're going to to make one, um, is is make it simple, all right? Don't make it too complicated as you get started. Um, You can just, like Shelly's done, start with one question. And for today, I'm not going to require any of you to participate. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to mirror my phone so you can see what I'm doing up here on the screen. And our question is going to be, um, what should our question be, actually? We can talk about this. We could do ingredients of a radio show because we've already brainstormed that and got ideas. We could do um, how, what are the benefits you see of doing a radio show. What do you guys want to do for your question? our question? We're going to do it quick. It's not going to last Benefits. Benefits. Okay. So benefits of a radio show. All right? And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk. I'm going to introduce it. I'll be the introducer. And then I'm going to walk around. And, um, you know, if you'd like to, I'd like you to say your name. You don't have to say where you're from. But say, hi, I'm Dan. Um, And then you can, in a complete sentence or two, however many you want to say, go ahead and give the benefits. Okay? don't worry about wait time because i'm going to be able to edit that out and make this, you know, sound like a seamless boom 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 we we did all these things uh right in a row. Um, so these are kind of the steps of what we're going to do. We have our plan. I've modeled this, we're going to we're going to produce it and we're going to publish it. So, you can do this on an iPad. Uh Shelly actually likes to do it on her phone just because her phone is um, always on and it's just fast and it's easier to walk around with and that's just what she what she does. So uh I'm going to open up the opinion app which I would just had open here in the corner Um, I've logged in. So you're going to log in to the app, and then you will create your show. This is one I've just used with my kids and at different places. We call it Learning Signs. We have a family blog. So this is just kind of a fun one that we do. But I'm going to actually publish this. I'll actually share it. So you don't have to participate if you don't want to. But I've done this before. or Well, obviously, I've done it before. But I've set this up in advance where I logged in and I did the title. So that when you're in class, this is what you're ready to do. You're ready to push what button, you think? The red red button. Okay, so I'm going to push the red button. (laughs) I'm going to introduce. And then I'm just going to walk around our tables. And if you want to talk, you can. And if you don't want to, that's fine as well. What is today? The 24th. Okay. Hi, today is July the 24th, 2017, and this is Wes Fryer, and I'm in St. Mary's, Kansas. We've been talking about the Sound of Literacy and radio shows, or podcasts, depending on what you want to call them. And we're going to talk about the question, what are the benefits of having a classroom radio show or podcast? Hi, this is Dina, and one of the benefits I see of a radio show in the
1: classroom is to really celebrate the class and and for people to know what's going on in the classroom. Hi, I'm Melanie Foster, and I think one of the benefits would be to have students practice academic language and social language at the same time. Um, hi, this is Brianna Sifkeys, and one of the advantages would to give would be to give each student a voice.
0: All right, well, those were some of our ideas, and if you're interested in learning more, you can go to the slides from today's show by visiting wfryer.me slash kvate, K-V-A-T-E, audio. And we thank you for listening. Ta-da! Okay, done. So, um, I can do multiple episodes. That was like a one-shot take but i can just be recording this and stop this and stop and we could record you know during the day during the week doesn't have to just be all at once when i tap here and uh push play hi today is july the 24th 2000 i'm seeing my audio and what is this called do you know what that is called starts with a w the wave, the wave. that's right the waveform okay and you can see where the audio starts right? And here is how editing works. Move to where you want to make a cut, tap on the scissors. It just chopped that off. And so now I push the trash can and now this is how it starts. Hi, today is July the 24th, 2000. If I would like to put in some music, what do you think I would do? Instead of red record, I press music, which looks like a key. And so I can go to my music library and allow that. And then I can go to songs and, oh, shoot, let's do a little Selena Gomez. Why not? Um, But I'm not going to be getting a lot of it. I'm just going to do a little bit of it. Okay, I'm going to just do that so i'm going to cut the clip right there. Depending upon how large the clip is and how fast your phone is, is going to depend how long this process takes. Okay, so it's taking that whole song and i'm just going to delete that. And so now i have two clips, right? Um i can now How do i drag that around? Um here i've got these little three bar handles. I can tap on that and i can move my nice little introduction here to the beginning. So here's what my podcast is going to sound like now. Hi, today is July the 24th. Okay, so I mean, it's not as nice if I was going to have the Sounds combine and fade and all that kind of stuff. Okay. But that gives you an idea of how you can bring in audio, how you can move the clips around, and the only other thing I probably need to do, which I'm going to do later because we're done, uh, in just a second, is I'm going to cut out the sound. Okay? But when I am finished, I tap on my share square and it is going to publish that to my Learning Science channel. Okay? And, and like those other links that we saw, now we're going to have a link that we can share with others. We can put that on Facebook. We can put that into Seesaw. We could put that into um, Google Classroom, you know, wherever it is that, that we want to share. So um, there's more radio shows to listen to. Um, but I, I would love, love, love if even one of you uh, would take this back. Because I think that um, telling our story, um, being able to... Um, have ways for students to develop their fluency and celebrating. There's a lot of reasons why this is beneficial. Um, And so I just hope that you're inspired, okay? It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be fancy. It's audio. There's a lot of ways to use it. And consider how you might, you know, accomplish goals that you've already got for your kids in your classroom, but use audio as a very powerful tool to help for assessment, to help for communication, and also just to have fun because they're fun. So thank you all very much. Have a great rest of the conference. You're listening to Fuel for Educational Change Agents, an audio podcast channel including a variety of audio recordings by and recorded by Wesley Fryer, published for educators worldwide interested in free audio-based professional development. This is a supplementary podcast channel complementing Moving at the Speed of Creativity podcast, which typically includes longer and lightly edited or unedited audio recordings. Learn more and access these podcasts on audio.speedofcreativity.org. All content on this podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 United States license.